we've started the series after the cross, and actually, we're still in resurrection. Easter is a ripoff, I'm sorry. One day, one day that we recognize and appreciate the resurrected Jesus. But that's not how it happened. Do you know that Jesus kept popping up for 40 days after that Sunday? That means we should be doing the resurrection for 40 days after Resurrection Day. Because that's what Jesus, Jesus kept popping up because there's, a, there's this overwhelming thing that the Bible talks about is that everything is different once there's a resurrected Christ. Now, and then I'll tell you, it's incredible. The suffering, what Jesus suffered that week, Holy Week, what he suffered for us, the beating, being in jail, you know, uh, lashed. It's incredible. And spiritual things were happening. We were being freed from bondages through all those stations that he had to go to. And then there's a lot of people that what's on their brain is Jesus on that cross, that he died for my sins. And let me tell you, anything that we do, it, it really, that's, it's all on that. It's all on the cross. But sometimes that's all that, that people think of. That's the picture that they have. But if you look in the scriptures, there's another part of Jesus that he hung around for to be sure that it was un deniable so for 40 days he kept popping up and they went yeah and it produced a, an incredible change in people's lives and that's why I said it's it's such a disappointment that, that we, we took we picked one day we, sh we should have 41 days of celebrating the resurrection so I'm going to take a look at a scripture. And, you know, we're going to talk about <clears throat> the, the, the resurrected Christ. Because we're still in that 40-day period. And I'm going, to, I'm going to mention some things that where Jesus appeared. We're going to come at it from a different angle. We're going to grab that lemon and we're going to squeeze it a little harder and get some fresh juice out of it. Is that okay? So just hang with me as I'm going to read <clears throat> our text today. And we're reading from Acts 17.24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And I just want to just stop with this right here. You know, <clears throat> forever, you know, people have built these huge buildings and, oh, we're going to honor God with this and we're going to build this big cross. And <laughs> that's like us going into God's closet and we're taking out his stuff. Let's build something, put it in a package, and give it to him going, surprise. You know, he's going, I already own that. That gold that you made that out of, that was mine. 
That silver, that, that was mine. <laughs> You've not given me anything. In fact, what the scripture is about to tell us is that he gives to us. But we, we do this and we do that. And we think we've done some incredible things. And, and the scripture is telling us, oh, no, you've got, you've got this all wrong. It said, rather, he gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He goes, look, here, here's what I want. I, I made one man, Adam. Now go, do what you want to do. Do it to the best of your ability and see what you... Here's freedom. You have freedom. You have freedom to, to, to do or not to do. And he has marked out their appointed times in history and boundaries of their lands. I'll go over. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Although he's not far away from any one of us. He's right there. It's just that there's something in us that keeps us from seeing that. And he's, he's not making things so painful for you that you have to seek out. He says, no, I've given you everything you want to. You need to rejoice going, well, I am free to do whatever I want to do. And isn't that nice that when you, I mean, just think when you give something freedom and you let, you know, like you let your dog out that you love and it returns. We've let dogs out and they never return. You know, stinking dog, I hope. You know, it's like, <laughs> I give it everything, you know. How many have to trap your animal in and it'll run away? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ungrateful little. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's see if we're going to have a dog tomorrow. Yeah, I let him out. Boy, three squares, you know, two squares a day. They're ready for him. But you know what? God has given us freedom. He wants to see who returns. Remember the lepers that he cleansed? He cleansed. He goes, go show yourself to elders. And only one returned. He goes, where are the others? I healed him. See, our response is, be, is like, he's given all this freedom. I want to worship the one who's given me freedom. I want to be with the one who gives me freedom. Not be with the one who forces me under their hand. He's a God who gives freedom. Wow. For in him we live and move and have our being. How do we get in him? I, wait a minute. In him, we live and move and have our very being. I'm somebody. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, <clears throat> therefore, because of that, because of the freedom, because of all that, therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. Or an image made by hand, <clears throat> a human design skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. He did it in the past. He overlooked such ignorance. But something has changed. Something has changed. He overlooked our in ignorance because something hadn't happened yet. <clears throat> but now, he commands all people everywhere to repent. Because, for he has set 
a day. He has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. That man is Jesus. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. See, resurrection changed everything. We no longer have to build these things with human hands, thinking that we're serving God. It has changed. We are at a different place. We are at a different level. There is a, a, a different opportunity. In fact, uh, G.K. Chesterton said that the people who lived that day, the day after the resurrection, should have stood up, and unfortunately they didn't realize it, that everything has changed from that moment on. Because the first of many has, been, has risen from the grave. The first of many brethren. Everything has changed. And the person, the people, the community that gets a glimpse of the resurrected Christ is changed forever. It's no longer, you know, as important as it is, it's no longer the, the suffering Jesus getting the lashes and receiving the benefits from that. It's no longer, you know, I've accepted the cross and nothing happens without this cross, but Jesus on the cross has set this all in motion. But some people stop there and the scriptures in the New Testament keeps telling us that you need to receive the spirit of the one who's coming to judge, the one who was risen from the dead. That spirit that raised him from the dead is now upon you. Do you want it? Because if you receive that, it changes. So, if we're going to do some research here, uh, last week I was inspired, uh, Toys R Us are going, it's going out of business, so my wife took my oldest grandson down, and they're going to buy what everyone else doesn't want, uh, <laughs> but we got a deal! So, so they bought two games, and one was, it was a great game, I mean, it's a great game, she brought it home, and we played many games, we played many, many times because I kept winning and I refused to lose to my oldest grandson. Someone's got to put him in his place. But we've graduated from Go Fish, now we're two. How many played Clue? Oh, they've got a new character now. Miss Orchid? Who? Dr. Orchid. Yeah, they got a new one. They, used to, they got rid of Mrs. White. It's changed through the years. But we were playing. You remember there was a Colonel Mustard in the library with the pipe. And so what, what we want to do is we want to do some investigative work today. We want to, you know, if a, a good detective, a good detective doesn't take one source. Now you're saying, well, <clears throat> the source I'm using is the Bible. And... You know, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The... Boy, none of y'all went to Sunday school, did you? <laughs> wow. Come on, who, know, who knows the song? All right, some of you grew up. You just wanted me to ridicule myself. <clears throat> Some people are going, well, it's in the Word, and that's all I need. But let me tell you, <clears throat> the resurrection is so huge 
so big, somebody else besides Christians should have seen it. And guess what? That's what we're going to research today. We're going to reach down. You like it, don't you? We're going to reach down and... There's a mystery at foot. We're going to discover that mystery. So, my goodness. Isn't that cool? That is a... So, how, how many of you want to go on the mystery with me? And, and discover this thing. Let's do some detective work. Because the scripture says, you know, this thing's the biggest thing that's ever happened. So, there are some inc- uh, well uh, <clears throat> documented uh, evidence of that day. Because the Romans wanted to know what was going on in territories. So, they, they would send. You know, people who documented stuff. Uh, there's a guy named Josephus. I have the book. Does anyone have the book, Josephus? He was a guy who followed Jesus. He wasn't a believer. And he documented, he documented everything that he saw Jesus do. There's a few others. I've got them down here. I don't need to go through them. There's Josephus, Cornelius. Uh, these are senators, historians, uh, public speakers. Uh, Gamaliel, it was uh, the Jewish rabbi. He was actually, he later became the, one of the head chiefs in the Sanhedrin. And these guys are all following Jesus, recording what happened and took place. Uh, in one place in Josephus, now you can't say it really happened because these guys were secular. But they're writing all this stuff down and recording it. <clears throat> one place, Josephus said that Jesus was ahead of the disciples in the crowd that he was walking with. And they saw a little dog come out of the woods and Jesus bent down and was petting it. And as they got closer, they noticed it was a fox and the fox saw the people and ran off. And jo- Josephus said, because this man was at peace with even the wild animals. So just, just little things like that. And like I said, it's not the Bible, but it's just interesting. But what we want to look at is a, is a term, and the term's called positive evidence from hostile sources. These, guy, these guys were hostile sources. They said that they do not, they're not a part of Jesus' campaign. They don't believe that he's the Messiah, but they recorded everything that took place. And of all these, of these four guys that, that I've researched, they're in agreement with one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. You know, Pastor Peter last week was talking about how the skies darkened for four hours. Guess what? They wrote, and the skies darkened for hours. And they wrote that there was an earthquake. They wrote that tombs were split open. It wasn't just the scriptures that said it. These were people who gave positive evidence, although they are hostile to the cause. You want to see some of those things that they wrote that line up with the scriptures? It's quite overwhelming. So, the first we take a look at, um, well, there was a a professor, a Canadian uh, 
university called McMaster University in Canada, and he was a professor of ancient writings. Well, he had taken on all the writings, secular writings, about what happened in the, the, as they covered Jesus. And he wrote about everything that he studied from the writings that referred to the resurrection. He goes, there exists no document from the ancient world witnessed by so excellent a set of textual and historical testimonies. He said that without a doubt, the resurrection took place. Every one of them wrote of the events that we see in the Bible happened. Said skepticism regarding the historical credentials of Christianity has got to be based and can only be based upon irrational bias because there's nothing in the written word. Wow. But what does it do? Here's the first thing. As a detective, a good detective, understanding that time, and and we can understand that time. See, in that day, women as eyewitnesses, who was the first one to to be an eyewitness of an empty tomb? Women. Do you know, in in the Middle East today, women are considered one quarter a man. At most, half a man. They can't even, in some places, they can't even go to court and testify against a man because they're not a whole person. And that's today. Back then, it was just as bad or worse. And this, this is, if you are going to make this stuff up, if you are going to make up a resurrection, and I'm going to record it, I'm going to write this down, and I'm going to fool people for generations, you don't use the weakest witness out there. You would not say, you wouldn't start off going, and some women found the missing tomb. It's like going, a dog went to the bathroom on the tree. You know, it, it, it has no weight. But isn't that like God? Isn't it like Jesus who honored women? He honors women. In the scriptures, he honored these women. He goes, you know what? I'm gonna just, let, let, let me just make it tough for everybody. I'm just going to poke everybody in the eye. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send two women to find me. Or not find me. <laughs> and, and here's how bad it was. Mary, she, goes, she picks up her skirt. That's, you know, tomb was empty. The angel said he's gone. She grabs her skirt. She hot foots it back. And she busts into where the, these bold disciples were hiding in fear that they were going to be dragged out and punished. Yeah, she goes, he, he's gone. <laughs> You know, somebody took him. No! The angel said he's risen. (sighs) Come on, woman. You're just a woman. Who's going to believe you? Man, that is just like God. (laughs) I'm going to send two women. I'm going to honor them. And I'm going to hang around and prove them right. I'm going to prove them right. Wow. He sends women. And they didn't, they didn't believe them. Two of them took off. Peter and John, they took off to go look for themselves. Only God would do that. 
You know, it, a male gospel writer, even hostile sources that wrote that women found, had found an empty tomb, had to be embarrassing that that's the strongest point that they could make, the strongest evidence I could come up with. Is that two silly women. Wow. Well, here's the next one. If we go on. They write about there was an empty tomb and Roman guards had gone AWOL. Okay, there's an empty tomb. And here, in the scriptures, everyone thinks it was one guard. Some places it says, and take the guards. But you know what? It, it, it wasn't just guards. It's in Matthew 27. Let me read it. Now on the next day, the day after the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver... He said, after three days, I'm going to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third watch, the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the people, he's risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, and, and, and it's maybe if you have an NIV, it says, you have guards. The original word is, you have a watch. A watch is four people. It could be four to 50. But we know there was at least four guards because it was, says, you have a watch. Make it as secure as you know how. He, they could have raised the number. And they went made the grave secure, and along with the, the watch, the guards, they set a seal on the stone to prove that the seal won't get broken. So <clears throat> they have this thing that they had. Uh, it, took, it, it took machines to roll the stone, and they'd make a trough, and it would roll downhill and it, <clears throat> into it. And then they put out at least... I mean, I'm going bare minimum four guards. Now, what kind of guards? Roman guards who are trained warriors. If they ever ran from their watch, they were to be caught, brought back to the garrison, and tortured until death to show everyone this is what happens if you leave your watch. <laughs> Detective work. All right. We've got at least four trained warriors. We got a tax collector, a couple of fishermen, scared for their life, hiding in a room. Do you think that those guys came up and went, boo, and scared these soldiers away? No. These guys were guarding that tomb with their life. Something scares them away. Something bigger than their life. Remember, this is positive evidence from hostile witnesses. Because they wrote of the same story. Gamiel, he said, Although I do not believe that he is God's son, only God could have raised him from the dead. Positive 
evidence from hostile witnesses. When you got people who don't believe in you say your story's true, that's good evidence. And for 40 days, Jesus keeps showing up and showing up in these impossible situations, revealing himself, saying, it's a new day. It's not like it was. Grave clothes. Some say, oh, you know, robbers came. A, huge, a whole bunch of robbers came and stole the body. First of all, I don't know what they thought Jesus might have because they had stripped him and they put him in grave clothes. He had the, the, the soldiers already took everything he had, including his clothes on the cross. So there's no value in there. So let's just say, because the robbers came and got him, said his grave clothes were folded. Has anyone had a break-in in your house? Did they get out the sweeper when they were done? No, did they? Did they put the drawers back, your clothes back? They didn't. Said these clothes, you know, I don't, I don't know if Jesus had his own butler or I don't, but somebody took the time going, hey, you know what, let's, let's, come on, let's tidy up, you know. How many of you realize Jesus doesn't or that angel doesn't live in your house? Okay. <laughs> I want that angel, Lord. You know? <laughs> his clothes, his, his burial clothes were folded neatly. Nobody was in a hurry. No one was in a hurry. Doesn't make sense. Someone stole the body? No. The soldiers ran off it to risk being found? No. It's a huge mystery, unbelievable mystery seen by people who don't believe in who Jesus is, but agree the event happened, and they're sitting there going, but why? The resurrection, the new day for the rest of humanity, it all changed, it all changed. Well, I got to check my time, oh, we're moving on here. I, I love this one. Uh, you know, you were talking about, well, the resurrection's already happened. Let me tell you, the resurrection had already happened when this, this man, Saul of Tarsus, was going around. Jesus has already uh, been resurrected and, and ascended into heaven. And he's going around and persecuting Christians. He's having them put to death or beaten. And he's going around and he's on the road to uh, Damascus. And so he's going on this road and all of a sudden he hears this voice is bright light and he's blind he didn't know what to do he goes oh who has done this to me help 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 who are you and he hears the voice because i am jesus and he surrenders right there he encounters a resurrected christ and his life goes from the most incredible persecutor and killer of christians to the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen Incredible. What does that? Getting close to a resurrected Christ. A Christ that's alive. Not a Christ that's a history thing. Not Christ that, oh, he got, just got rid of my sins. But that kind of thing changes the rest of your life when you encounter and receive a resurrected Jesus. 
Jesus' own brother, he had a half-brother. Half-brother, his name was James. James did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah until he saw him resurrected. Then he believed. You've got the disciples hidden, afraid of being found out, cowering, and Thomas Thomas gets word, you know, that some of the disciples said, hey, I, we walked with him. We were going down the road, and we, this guy came up, and we started, and he asked, What's, what are you so sad about? Your long face. And I, we were telling him, well, we just did this thing. Our leader was crucified and dead. And, and, it's, and it says the guy kept talking to him, and it, and it, it it lifted them up, and they go, Let's have, why don't we have supper together? And then all of a sudden, they sit down, and their faces, his face changed, and they realized it was Jesus they were talking to. Wow. And those guys go back, and they try to tell the other disciples, look, man, I'm telling you, it's a miracle. We saw him. We saw him. We saw him. And good old Thomas, you know, he's, what a man of faith. And Jesus said, hey, I'm going to return in three days. But man of faith, he's going, unless he comes and appears in front of me and I stick my finger in the hole in his hand, I'm not going to believe. It's over, guys. It's over. The one person who believed in me, it's over. We know the story. Everybody was hiding inside as soon as Jesus appears. They're scratching at the doors trying to get outside. It's a ghost. Jesus goes over and goes, Tom, big T, come on, put your finger in there. How, how many, I mean, I, you think Peter had you throwing up last week. I'm like, who? Now he believes. Do you think he believed because he showed him the holes in his hands, or did he believe because he saw a resurrected Jesus? It wasn't those holes. It's now, I'm not just believing in the guy they hung on the cross and laid in the grave. I'm believing the one who is alive now. He's alive now. And what does the scripture say? He's this far away. We want you to find him and see him. He's not that far away. So what is it that keeps us from seeing him? And I believe it's believing in the resurrected Christ that he's alive today. When you know, you know that he's alive. You know that he's alive. Something changes in you. You go from a flogged Jesus to die for my sins, Jesus. He died in the grave, Jesus. It's not even that he's gone to heaven to build me a mansion, Jesus. He's a resurrected Jesus. I like it in Paul's giving an account of the last day that they saw him. And he, he's giving this testimony. He goes, listen, he gathered, he told us to go. Go, therefore. Preach the gospel. Just tell me. And Paul's says, he goes, listen, you don't have to believe me. There were 500 other people there that will tell you the same thing. They're still alive. Most of them are still alive today. And they're going to tell you the same thing. It wasn't two guys going, hey, 
Let's make up this cool story. It was 500 people. Either they saw him and they saw him ascend or they didn't. Don't believe me. Go ask them. It was not a secret in the day when you have positive evidence being written by hostile sources and they saw it for themselves. All those 500 people, they weren't all believers. Those were some of those men who were writing about it. And, it, and the, the best they could do is go, listen, we don't believe he was a Messiah, but dang, only God could do that. They believed in God. What was the difference? They didn't have a live Jesus, a resurrected Jesus. Now, Mary, Jesus' mom. There's a lot of Marys in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus' mother. The Holy Spirit ascended upon her. She got pregnant. Jesus. That's what this verse is saying. Just let the Holy Spirit ascend upon you and you get pregnant with Jesus. The resurrected Jesus. Mary was ridiculed. Here this little 14-year-old girl, pregnant. But she knew something was different. How does a 14-year-old do that? Say the words that she said. She had a living Jesus in her. With all the ridicule, she was an incredible woman. Blessed of, of, blessed of all women. That gets you from hiding over here in the shadows to standing up. Ten of the disciples went and were martyred. One boiled in oil and lived. I think I would have died. I would have rather have died. The Apostle Paul was shipwrecked, flogged, beaten. Finally, Nero, the emperor of Rome, said, listen, just deny Jesus, I'll let you go. I kind of like you. Because I know what I saw. I saw a resurrected Jesus. I didn't see a Jesus that was claiming things and died on the cross and laid in the grave. I saw a resurrected Jesus. I'm going to have to kill you. Okay. Something changed. Today, I don't know which Jesus, if you've only experienced these Jesuses and not that resurrected Jesus. I don't know if you've accepted Jesus at all. Remember these guys? They said, listen, I, I'm just not a part of the cause, but I believe that God did it. They believed in God. But something changes when the Bible says that you accept the resurrected Jesus. Look at this. Romans. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, Holy Spirit, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You got to get pregnant. This week, maybe, maybe, he, maybe Jesus will spare you. Maybe he'll tell you, just do it stupid. I don't know. I don't know what language he has to use, but the Bible says he's right here. Find him. He's right here. What do you have to get out of your life? Get into your life? First, you got to get, have that 
spirit that raised him from the dead living in you. So I want to have a stand. And you may not be ready for this. But for those of you who say, you know what? I want the spirit that raised him from the dead. Needs to raise something right now in my body. Because there's still something dead in me. There's still something in me that's hiding in the corner. There's still something in me that wants to believe in God. But I don't want to take on this getting pregnant thing with Jesus and I'm going to get ridiculed because people in the office know I'm a believer. Is your Jesus the one that you just go to? He died for my sin. I'm good with that. The Bible in the New Testament talks about the resurrected Christ. And having the same spirit that rose in from the dead is going to raise you and your, even your mortal bodies right now. Wow. As I pray, I think our detective work is over. I'm settled with the answers, the discovery. As I pray, if you want to receive that Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus from the dead to receive it to impregnate you yeah you're asking for a little ridicule but you're also asking for a new world a new world You want to rededicate or dedicate, just raise your hand and let him know, hey, over here, over here. So, Father, Lord, we want to receive that spirit that raised your son from the dead. Lord, you are right there before us, and we want to be able to see it. The veil has been ripped from top to bottom. You're no longer hidden, but some of us don't see you yet. We accept the risen Messiah, the risen Christ, the one who did die for my sin, and he rose to prove it. Lord, if not today, tonight, tomorrow, the next day, Spirit, come walk with us. Show yourself. I know you look like Jesus. You're a one. For those of us who need to see it, we'll see it. If we need to dream about it, we'll dream about it. If your brain won't allow you to see that, then boom, you're going to dream Jesus. You're going to receive the risen, the spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. Come and rest on us. Come and rest on us. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.